Are you ready to play social media ads? I am the person to talk to. Sharon Fox, MBA. You can find me on Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram. I'm all over Facebook. LinkedIn, Pinterest. Um, Look me up. Ask me questions. I am here to help. If you're interested in placing Facebook ads, social media ads, TikTok, anything that is revolving around social media, then send me a message and I promise to do you right. Hi, welcome to What the Fox. Today we are on with Lindsay Sutherland and Lindsay is a, uh, sorry, business consultant and she also has the Passive Income Examiner podcast. So welcome, Lindsay. Tell us a little bit more. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much, Sharon, for having me on. I'm excited to be a guest. Um, I help business owners and nine to fivers who want to build passive income in their spare time, build these businesses online. Um, and then also with large companies that already are established, but maybe want to increase revenue stream. I help them scale by creating passive revenue streams using digital products. So that's kind of the short version of what I do, but that's not who I am. Who I am is a mother, <laughs> an, a wife, and uh, a passionate person about just living life to the fullest. Um, little about me, my parents both passed away before they hit retirement. And so for me, it became very clear that there's no guarantee of someday. And I left my big city job to live in a log cabin in the woods because, you know, why wait for retirement to live in my dream home, right? And now we raise our our four kiddos here on a five acre homestead um, in a little tiny town here in Idaho. And I love it. Oh my gosh, that sounds like the dream for me, other than I want to be closer to the ocean. So Mm -hmm. I know you're going to be semi-close and stuff with Idaho, but you have a little bit more of a drive than Mm -hmm. I would prefer. (laughs) Now we do, if you're a water baby, we have a ton of lakes and waterfalls. Within 10 minutes of my house, there's probably five or six different waterfalls, enormous amounts of lakes and rivers. I mean, the summers here, uh, we spend most of them, uh, most of our weekends at our favorite lakes. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I'm total like water and fire. I don't know what it is and stuff about it, but I'm definitely attracted to both of those. And so I love to be able to be near the water and everything, but I would love to have my little acre. Like I have an acre, but my homestead is nothing compared to what I wish that I had. (laughs) And so at some point in time, my husband's like, okay, but you know, I don't know how we're going to do this. And I was like, I know, but we'll figure it out. So yep. at some point in time, maybe, well, welcome. And everything sounds like so interesting. Um, I also love the idea that you do things with um, the digital products and stuff. And so it's making it kind of on autopilot, as you mentioned, um, and the questions and stuff that I had of being able to put your business on autopilot. And then basically it helps you to be able to scale more and move more without having to put as much actual like nine to five type, you know, income or time into it. And so that's really neat that you do that. Um, so I have a list of 50 questions for you to pick from. Um, they start off easy, get harder, the higher you go up. I'll end with the same four questions that I ask everyone. Um, are you ready to get started? Oh yeah. I have my number picked out. 
All right. <laughs> what's your number? I'm picking 24. Everybody in my family out of the six family members, four of us have a birthday on a 24. Awesome. My dad actually has a birthday on the 24th in May. Oh, well, see, we don't have a May baby, but yeah. we have, and we're all in different months too. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. We have, I think 12 May babies and nobody has the same birthday. So oh, wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a busy month. Um, if you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Oh my goodness. Well, first I'd invest in real estate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I would definitely set myself up for my kids to have, you know, long-term wealth, legacy wealth, as I would call it, trusts and whatnot, and then use the proceeds uh, to invest in a cause. I have so many different ones that I could like pull from. One of my, fa- I have two favorites. I'll tell you. One is St. Jude's. I never had to be touched by that plague of cancer and children personally, but it gets me like, it's the commercial that makes me cry. I just don't think it's right that children get cancer. And if there's a way to eradicate it or better their lives in any way, shape or form. And the parents, I think about the parents who are struggling because they're in a job. See, I'm going to cry now just thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but those people, I want to be able to bless them. And so that would be a huge one. You know what else I would do? You got me going, girl. I could like talk about my dreams all day. Um, I want to build a financial school for children. I want to teach them how to build um, online businesses and passive income streams, because I think so much of our school system is designed to create this worker bee mindset, you know, where you have to earn your worth. You have to work hard to get an A. You have to work hard to earn an income. And that's that psychology I have spent the last like six years trying to reverse within myself. And I don't even want that for my kids. I would love to be able to, and and the children coming in, they're already kind of wired like that. Look at the whole millennial like people, like they don't want to work hard, but some of them don't know how to get by without it because the society isn't set up for that. So teaching that, putting a school together, that would be like a nonprofit for, for young adults and teenagers to learn an online skill, like a vocational pro school, so to speak, mm-hmm. that would, that's actually something near and dear to my heart. So that would be amazing. That would be in line with a book that I have in mind and stuff. And it not necessarily is geared towards kids, but it's geared towards the everything that you need to do to be able to set up your business instead of, you know, here's pieces here and here's pieces here. And then here's all the books that I recommend and, you know, everything else. And then that just takes, you know, hours upon hours and years upon years to develop because of having to regurgitate or, you know, figure out what, what means to you and what it doesn't mean to you and stuff, but actually be able to have step one, here's what you need to do. Step two, here's what you need to do. And that way you actually have that, total business plan in place to where, you know, now you can actually make something out of that instead of yeah. all the other that's out there. So I agree. that is amazing. And especially, I mean, like I haven't had to deal with uh, St. Jude either. Um, but the, my commercial that gets me is always the dogs that are, you know, wasting away because they're not being taken care of <laughs> so the Sarah McLaughlin song it's like yes. it gets you every time <laughs> it does yeah my actually okay ex-husband now instead of current husband but my ex-husband would sit there and loved the idea that I was so empathetic and that if 
all he would do is stick on and there was a certain movie or there was that song and I would cry. And I'm like, oh, why do you want to make me cry? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this like, is like, the emotions, but still. Yeah. That second charity that I was thinking of is actually one probably most people haven't heard of. Um, it's a, it's a full rescue mission and they help. So that in the racing car or the horse racing industry, they want these bloodlines of these thoroughbreds and they have these, um, mares and they want to keep them a bread. And I can't really remember why, oh, because they're nurse mares. So basically what happens is they're there to put there. So the race babies get born from these high you know, bloodline thoroughbreds, but they, they want the moms back out racing. So they take the babies and they put them on these nurse mares that their job is to just have babies and stay in milk. Well, all these extra babies that are not bloodlines were being just trashed. I mean, literally thrown out. And so there's a rescue who takes these babies in and bottle feeds them and grows them. And then you can adopt them. So it is my goal to adopt um, one or two, but it's, it's, you gotta be really set up, have the time to, you're, you're going to bottle feed a, a horse basically. So that's one of my dreams too. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. We've talked a little bit about getting horses and stuff. My brother, it's funny. My brother has this idea that we have this great big, huge, you know, five or 10 or 40 acres or whatever amount that we have. He's on one side of it. I'm on the other side of it in between. We have the barn and then we have animals and we have, you know, food and, you know, things like that and stuff in between. And my brother and I have not even lived near each other in a good 30 years. <laughs> so wow. the idea that he has this in his mind of, Hey, we need to get like this. And then this is our retirement. And you know, whenever he goes on trips, then I can take care of the animals. And when I go on trips, he can take care of the animals. I'm like, I guess we don't go on trips together. Oh no, we can do that. We ju we'll just have the hand help us. And I'm like, okay, we have a hand. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Please. When we got out here, we thought, I thought the same thing. Cause I wanted to travel and take, you know, the kids traveling, yeah. especially that I homeschool three of them. I want to be able to like, you know, go get an education by going to Mount Rushmore, not talking about it in a book, you know? Right. And, uh, so I had the same thing. I'm like, I want all these animals. I want a garden. And then when you leave all of a sudden it's like, Oh crud, what do I do? So what we have this, what we've done, and this is very normal and you'll find that it works out, but like there's kids around us that are also agriculture because where we live it's rural these kids are in 4-h they raise sheep they raise steers they they know animals probably better than I do yeah and I just pay them to come over and feed for me and water my plants and stuff like it's fine yeah <laughs> and they're happy to do it you know it's so funny to have like you know my life planned by my brother um <laughs> but it's also just it's neat to think of all the things and stuff that are still possible. And, you know, I'm going to be 50 this year and I haven't decided that that is where I'm going to, you know, stop living life. You know, it's like, I want to still do things and I want to still be able to enjoy life and stuff in the, um, in my future. So yeah. All right. What's another number? 13. That 10 million tickets a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to talk about with 10 million. My there goodness. is. And you know, my husband and I were just talking about how, if we won the lottery and stuff, how would you want to disperse it? Would you want to take it right away? Would you want to actually, you know, have it, um, you know, dispersed over the number of years? What would we want to use it for? How would we want to go about it? And, you know, all this stuff and everything. I'm like, 
okay, wait, like he's been playing the lottery the entire time that we've been together, which has only been, you know, five years now. Yeah, five years now. However, we've never really talked in detail and I don't know why at midnight last night, he decided this needed to be the conversation. <laughs> it's just like, okay, sure. Let's have this conversation. Usually he's passed out by that time. But <laughs> well, hey, you never know. I know. So 13, you said, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Um, what has been the favorite job that you've ever held? Okay. I worked for a log home company here in North Idaho. When I first uh, moved up here, we initially, the plan was my husband was going to get a job, but I have been the primary income earner in my marriage. And unfortunately it wasn't that easy for him to find something right away. So funny story, I was online looking for him for a job and I found a job for myself, (laughs) but it was, it's a small company. They're um, family owned and operated. They build these amazing log homes. I mean, by hand, it's all, they're Mennonite. So it's like handcrafted, humongous log custom homes. And I got to do everything from bookkeeping, accounting to marketing. I started writing their blog. I started a podcast for them. It's my dream log cabin, go check it out. (laughs) Um, And it's just really an amazing company. It wasn't until August of last year that I finally had to pull back because I really, really wanted to just homeschool my kids. And I was like, I'm starting my business alone. I'm getting it done on my, I'm I'm moving away from W2 world into, you know, my business world. And, um, but I still work closely with them. I'm still there. They're my client now. They, I do their marketing and I still host their podcast and all that, but I don't show up every day and do the nine to five. Right. But that was my favorite job. Awesome. That sounds like it would be fun too. What is the next number? Oh yeah. Uh, Let's see. How about six? All right. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? For empowering people to live their best life today. Like, don't wait. I agree. I, I mean, like, I want to help other people to do the things that they want to do, to follow their dreams, to be able to know that it's all possible. And it may not be possible in the same way that somebody else did it, but it can be possible in the way that you decide that it's possible and that you make it happen. Yeah. And so the- anything is possible. You know, when I wanted to move to North Idaho, I had no idea how I was going to do it. I was leaving my six figure job and I had no job lined up. I had no family or friends, but it was what I wanted. And I would just, I, instead of asking how, you know, like, is this possible? Can I even do it? It was, how is this possible? God show me the way. And then the doors opened. Yeah. All right. So what's another number? 23. I have a cat, like a wall calendar in front of me. So whenever you ask, I just look up and the first number I see. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that really gets you excited? We've kind of gone through some of this today. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's funny because when I first moved up here, I thought I wanted to be Susie homemaker and, you know, bake bread and garden and do all that. And I did for the first year, I did not work and I was miserable. I learned really a lot about myself by doing nothing. And I learned that I actually do enjoy working. Uh, I enjoy 
creating businesses. I enjoy mapping them out. I enjoy helping people take nothing and turning it into something. That is a true passion of mine. And I don't think I'm a happy person if I'm not doing that, but I definitely don't want to do it and trade time for money solely. I don't want to do it out of need. I want to do it out of love. And so that's what makes me happy. That's, I'm like, all of my responses right now have been, that's awesome. But (laughs) it just, it really is neat to be able to hear and to hear it in your voice and stuff as well, that, you know, it is about helping others. It is about really getting them to that place where they want to be. It's true. Yeah. And you know, the more I've been on this journey, the more I've tuned into that, like, Initially, it was just about money, but I can create a passive income business without people. I can create an automated system. And I do because obviously I use that to supplement my income. But does that make, does that like, look, I look at it like this. I've been given a gift and I'm doing the world a disservice if I don't share it. So that's what my mission is. That's why I've been given the gift is to share it. So, okay. My next number is 45. Cause hey. I'm going to go off the calendar now and there's no 45. Well, I was I thinking know. about that. I was like, wait, if we're going to go to the calendar, we're staying one through 30. <laughs> <laughs> so 45. And this kind of relates to what we've kind of already talked about too. If you could start a business tomorrow, what would that be? So I'll tell you, this is my, this will be my training tip for people listening one way you could do. Now this works for you. If you already have a business, like I have my passive income examiner podcast, right. And the business model I'm going to tell you is relating to my thing, but it could work for anything. If you're a teacher, if you are a massage therapist, it doesn't matter what you do. There is a website called plr.com or dot me. Oh my stars. I totally just blanked out. Hold on. And I will tell you in just a second, it is PLR.me. And here's the thing, PLR stands for private label rights. Private label rights means that I can buy an ebook that's already written and rebrand it as my own. So let's say you're a massage therapist and you want to create an online business, but you don't have time to write an ebook. You can take the ebook that somebody else has written that is teaching others about how to run a successful, you know, back office to a massage therapy, I would say, and create an, a landing page and start selling that online. So for me, I actually just taught this to my kids yesterday. I said, what if I, you could invest $40 and you could get back 400 and they were like, oh, well, that's, that's okay. I mean, I would think a kid would be like, heck yes, but they were just like, that's okay. <laughs> I said, but what if you could make 400 a month for the rest of your life? Well, that got their attention. Let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) And so I showed them, I said, here's a PLR. The particular one I'm working on now is how to uh, supercharge your email list because it relates to marketing. It relates to passive income, right? You can't sell something if you don't have somebody to talk to. So understanding your email list. So it is an ebook. It's a freebie download. It has, it's four products in one. It's got a course and it's got a worksheet like workbook that goes with the course. So I'm going to create a pipeline. So the down, the freebie download will be my lead magnet. 
then the next step they will get is an opportunity to buy the ebook for like say 4.99 right very inexpensive it's a huge ebook by the way and then that also gives them the opportunity to take the course which might be you know 37 or 47 dollars it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be a lot but the point of the story is that i spent 40 dollars on the whole system even if i only sell one for 40 dollars i've made my money back right this, this is the kind of thing you can do. You can set this up and repeat it over and over again with different themes, right? And get passive income coming in. All you need, the way I look at it is this. If my phone bill is, let's say my house phone is 80 bucks. All I need is one revenue stream that consistently produces 80 bucks a month to pay that bill. And then the next one is my car insurance, 120 bucks a month. So then I get one that does that pretty soon. I have one revenue stream for each of my, you know, expenses, so to speak. And the next thing, you know, I don't need a job. <laughs> that is like an amazing trip or tip. And like, I'm surprised that I have not run across this before. Um, but I have not. So that is just, I mean, basically it's, I've talked about it in some of the other um, podcasts and stuff, but it's about taking action. So here you have a tool. Now you have to take action and you have to actually use this tool, take action, create the landing page, create the covers, create, you know, what you need to do and stuff and implement it. And so if you do that, then they're in, you know, and then you got the promotion and things like that and stuff to be able to actually get it out there. Um, but that is a very good tool to that. I feel like that that was part of the number 44, which is what underrated tool are you <laughs> are indispensable <laughs> for your job, but let's go with that one now, since we're actually just said it, what underrated tool is indispensable for your job? Okay. Underrated tool. I would say this is something that's actually given me sanity. I wouldn't say it's necessarily something I need for my business, it's something I could technically live without, but it's helping me tremendously because I, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm a big picture thinker. I can come up with ideas for like big things like the school idea, right. Or whatever. I come up with these huge ideas. And then sometimes I like stick it on the back burner. Obviously I'm not going to go take action on it right this second, but I don't want to forget about it either. And also I am not that good. Just my personality type. I'm not always that good at the minutia. Mm -hmm. I'm much better at the creative, like the mapping out the structure and like that, that, you know, and I have an assistant who helps me, but this tool has given me the ability to execute on more things, keeping myself accountable to my, my own dreams and goals. And that tip is Asana. It's a free, it's free up to a certain extent. Um, but what I do is I go in and I create my project and like, say I then create tasks so I can, if I get downtime on whatever, I can just start plugging away at those little chunks here and there until it's done. And then I don't forget my big ideas. And so just to elaborate on that, because I do know a little bit about Asana too. Um, if you have a big goal, taking that big goal and breaking it down into chunks, that is part of project management. And so being able to actually take those little things, those are little bitty things that need to be done to get the big project done or to get the big goal done. And so that's part of how you can complete your goals and actually attain what you're actually striving for, but that's also completing your projects. And that's how project management works is by being able to break that project up and then giving it deadlines 
so that you actually complete all the different things. And then that way the project is done. So, yeah. And the funny part about it is I got it because I was trying to coordinate my VA with my episodes. Like when I launch an episode, I want these things done. And that's why I got it, but it's, and it works for that. And it's great for that. But it also, a funny like side effect is it ended up keeping me in order too. <laughs> yeah. I actually use Trello. Um, and I started with Trello when it was completely free. And now then you can have, I think three boards or something and stuff for free. Um, but I use Trello, which operates a, in a similar fashion and stuff. It's going to be whatever you look at and view. But basically looking at something and being able to actually help get you um, kind of organized. Um, one of the boards that I have on Trello is actually a content board. And so every time somebody says, what do you do? And you're on, you know, a Facebook podcast, you're on a Facebook post or whatever and stuff. And what do you do? You share with what you do. I can go to my Trello board, copy and paste that in so that I'm not having to constantly retype, rewrite that type of thing and stuff and Trello on my phone as well as on my computer. So that way, you know, I have it either way and the same type thing, you know, if you create posts, you can always save those posts and stuff to where you can actually use them later. Um, because you don't have to recreate the will a hundred different times. You just have to have enough things to be able to alternate so that then you can go back through it later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Trello is great. I don't like it as much for project management because I like tasks and I, and what else I liked is Asana like will remind me which Trello might too. Yeah. I found Trello was cool for like planning, but then to execute, I think Asana is a little bit better at the task oriented side, but they work, they could probably work together with Zapier. You could connect them. They probably could. And so if yeah. anybody doesn't know, Zapier is another tool that uh, can be used in order to be able to connect if this happens, then this happens. And so you can actually make that happen with Zapier. Yeah. All that technology that I'm sure that you give on your podcast, which leads us to um, the four questions I ask everybody. What are three other podcasts, and you can include yourself, uh, movies or books that you would recommend to my audience and why? Okay. So how about I recommend one book, one movie, and one podcast? Um, Well, I'll recommend two podcasts because mine's easy. It's the Passive Income Examiner, but, you know, that's just cool to go check out because I have a a lot of fun guests on there and, you know, talking and teaching just like you do. You use your podcast to to teach. That's what I use mine for too. So it does a lot there. Um, but another one that's really cool is called market adventures. Market adventures is about passive investing. So that is one area that I don't feel very, um, like I'm not an expert in passive investing, but I want to be an expert in it. So then I, uh, I love that, uh, that, that podcast market adventures. So, and I've had the host on my show and I was on his show. So it's kind of fun. He's got a great show. He puts out an episode every day. Oh my gosh. I'm like, wow, you're amazing. (laughs) That's in that's that in 2020. I had it five days a week, and after 78 episodes, I was done. <laughs> yeah, like you could burn out, but like yeah. he has a whole system because he's he's got a um agency, like um, what am I trying to say? A producer, a podcast producer. So all he has to do is talk into the mic, and then everything else is taken care of, which that makes it a lot easier. But if you're editing and uploading and da 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 da, then whew, that's a lot of work. It is. Um, okay. So my book is, um, 
Oh, my stars. I feel like I'm just totally on the spot. And also I have a little bit of a headache. I will say my brain is a little bit befuddled today. Um, but it is a book I've read five different times. I have to Google it. Hold on. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Let's see. Um, the compound effect. As soon as I typed in the guy's name, I'm like, oh yeah. The compound effect is a book written by Darren Hardy, who was the CEO of Entrepreneur uh, Magazine. Who, what's really cool about Darren Hardy is to me, he is like the modern day, uh, you know, the guy that wrote Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. To me, Darren Hardy is the modern day version of that because with Think and Grow Rich, the author went out and interviewed the wealthiest people to understand their mindset, right? Right. And wrote the book about it. Well, Darren, the wealthiest entrepreneurs like Donald Trump and, you know, just big name guys. Right. And then he wrote a book because he took, like, he would ask them all, what is your best tip? And then he would try it on himself and ultimately developed this productivity life, this, this life that is so productive and so efficient and so geared towards self fulfillment, right? That he ultimately wrote this book and it is the best of all of the people that he talked to. But more than that, he implemented and executed on his learnings, right? So to me, it's the epitome of the best of the best of the best. And I definitely recommend it. I've read it five times, but I don't just read it. I literally implement what I learn. It's important to me. Yeah, that. I mean, and that's important and stuff. I had mentioned it on another podcast that I always highlight, like if I'm doing it through Kindle and stuff, especially, but I highlight different passages and stuff of the book, then go back later on and actually either type it up or now Google Docs and stuff has an actual microphone on there. You can actually type in your words by just saying what it is. And so then being able to have that afterwards so that I'm reiterating everything that I need to do, then I can take that and actually make actionable steps out of that. And so being able to actually take the process to learn when you read, not just read for the sake of reading. Yeah. I was in a book club recently and we were doing like a book a month and I read this book called um, the big leap and I got done reading. it. I read it twice in the same month. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't think I can do this book club. And she said, why? And I said, because I feel rushed. Like, I I don't want to just read a book just to read a book. I want to read a book. And then I want to do the book. You know, (laughs) I'm like, I want to like spend six months on this book, this particular book, not you know, every book, but this one, and I just don't want to move on to the next book just because, and she was like, okay, well that's understandable. And I was like, all right. So then I'm not in the book club now. (laughs) (laughs) It was too much commitment, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and just like made me feel too pressured. It wasn't the fact of reading the book. That was the problem. It was that you wanted to be able to learn and implement some of the strategies. And so that made it difficult to move on to the next book before you actually got out of the book. I personally, I'm like, it was kind of annoying because I'm like, I don't want to move on to the next book or I would reach back out to the other ladies in the group. I'm like, are you guys trying it out? What's working for you? Have you had any cool experiences? And they're like, oh, I'm still on chapter seven. I'm like, <laughs> you're not in this to win this. Like I can do, I can do this. Like, <laughs> so. um, and then a movie. Now this is going to go in a whole different direction. I am a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say I'm religious. I am but I do believe in God. Um, and this is a movie called what the bleep do we know? 
it's really fascinating because it talks about um, physics, like on a whole different level than anybody's ever really contemplated before. But like, just to give you an example, it, it kind of proves the concept of what you think about, you bring about from a physics perspective. Um, like they've literally shown with science that when scientists are looking with expectation for atoms, the atoms appear. Atoms can appear in two places at one time. Like quantum physics is fascinating. If I was ever to go back to school, there'd be two things I would want to go to school for. Just I have no desire to go back to school though. So forget that idea. But yeah. one is naturopathy because I'm really interested in holistic herbal medicine and homeopathy. And then the other would be quantum physics, believe it or not. Um, just because I think it's so cool and so interesting how it, how it works, but yeah, that's a pretty interesting movie. Hmm. I have not heard of that movie either. So I'll have to check that out. What is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered it? Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe asking me about how I was able to move from Phoenix to Idaho with no, no infrastructure. Um, a lot of people, it was 50, 50 people thought I was either smoking something or this is the best thing. And they were like, totally excited and wish they could do it. It was 50, 50 black and white. Even my family was, you know, either in support of me, um, or really trying to talk me out of it. But, you know, I told him, I said, I moved out of the house when I was 18 and I didn't really have a plan and it worked then. So I'm sure I can make it work now. Um, I believed in myself. I believed in my ability to be resourceful. And I believed that God had my back. And, you know, I took the steps. I didn't have the answers. I didn't know everything. That That's the part I think that trips a lot of people up is they feel like they have to know every step before they can take action. And that is something that is a gift that I have that I'm able to do is I'm able to take action without knowing every step. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes it, I learned through that and move in another, you know, pivot and end up where I want to be. But with, I, when I have my ultimate goal, my ultimate big picture, and I just take those little action steps, like we listed our house for sale. We started, um, we, we listed our house for sale before we had another house. Like we just took the steps and trusted that something was going to work out. And it was crazy and chaotic. And a lot of bad things happened like that could have derailed the whole thing. Um, could have made me say, well, this wasn't meant to be, I'm making a mistake, but I didn't, I just kept moving forward. And ultimately, um, I remember the day it was a week before Christmas when we moved into our cabin. I'm so sorry. That was my daughter. <laughs> I was unexpected. She's summoning her brother. <laughs> um, anyway, so we were uh, sitting in front of the fire and, you know, in this log cabin in front of the fire. And I just looked at my husband and I'm like, we did it. This is what we were meant to do. We're here. And the satisfaction of knowing that those three years that it took to go from idea to execution paid off and that it actually happened was the most satisfying joy-filled moment almost as much as having children and I equated it to that I even said I'm like it's like having a fifth child it was like a dream child you know where it took a lot of energy and effort and 
growing pains and all of that, but we did it. That's how I would answer. Awesome. <laughs> hey, there I go with, again with awesome. I'm, I really am amazed at the answers that you give. It's you're a very real person. And a lot of what you're saying is just inspiring. And so I do appreciate the answers that you're giving and stuff to the questions. Well, I wouldn't know how to do it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So what is one thing that you only tell your paid clients that you can share with us today? So this isn't as inspiring, but it's important. (laughs) And especially when you're coming from a business perspective, think like your client. I can't tell you how much I say this to people and they struggle with this the most to put themselves in the mind frame of the beginner newbie. Uh, like, so I talk about the client funnel and the buyer psychology, my background, Phoenix, most of my career was in the car business automotive. And so I use this analogy, like when people first walk on the lot, they're just tire kickers, right? They're just, they're looking for information. They don't know yet what kind of car they want. They're not ready to walk in and buy. They just want to explore the lot. Sorry, she just isn't getting what she wants. Um, And then the second phase of the funnel is the people who are kind of now they've decided they want the Ford Mustang, but now they're like, what dealer am I going to buy it from? Right. So they're in that. I need to know who I want to buy from. I know what I want now. It's where am I going to get it? And then the last layer is the people who are ready to just drop the, drop their down payment and drive out in a car. Right. Well, when we're building a business, And we're trying to capture people in that funnel from the very beginning. We need to be thinking about what information are they Googling? They're probably not Googling Ford Mustang payments, right? They're not Googling that because at this point they haven't even decided that the Ford Mustang is what they want. They're like, what's a sporty economy car that gets good gas mileage, right? Like, you know, whatever it is that their pain point is that they're curious about, that's what we need to be thinking about. And I think as business owners and with my clients, often they're so immersed in what they're doing and how they're helping people that they've lost sight with what people are going through in that very beginning because they're at the other end of it, right? And they're using language that the people are not using. You got to do the market research. You got to get into the minds of your buyers or you're wasting your time in marketing. That's, that's my two cents. (laughs) I agree. So, uh, we will have all of your contact information listed, uh, with the podcast, but what would you like to leave the listeners with today? Well, I think what you said is really appropriate and the, and, and it speaks to everything that I'm about and that's take action. It could be messy. It could be clunky. It probably will be messy and it will be clunky. Let's just be real. And our entrepreneurship isn't something that goes smoothly for anybody. Um, but don't let that stop you. You know, don't let the, the negatives or the, the hangups or the bumps along the way. It's like the Dr. Seuss book, you know, Hangups and bangups can happen to you. You will plow on the, the, oh, the places you'll go. You know, it's this, the road of entrepreneurship and taking that action steps and continuing to move forward. Keep your dreams in your sights. Like just keep it in front of you. I love how your, your husband was like, let's talk about this, you know, winning the lottery because those conversations are creating, like going back to the, the quantum physics, right? If you watch that movie, you'll be like, wow, it would not, it would not surprise me 
Sharon, if you guys win the lottery in the next five years, if you keep having those conversations, because you're putting energy and thought into motion by having that conversation. So we all keep our dreams alive, talk about them, keep them as possibilities. Don't limit ourselves and then take the baby steps and the actions and you'll find that they will come true. Everything, everything you imagine and believe can come true. Lindsay, I really thank you for being on the podcast today. It was a pleasure meeting you, a pleasure hearing your um, insight to everything. And so thank you very much. My pleasure.